coffers. All right, let's get it. What does saving DC look like to you? Fawn, I'll start with you. Uh, I say saving DC, what it means to me is, you know, um, giving people the, the proper tools to navigate through whatever they've been through in life, To if it's poverty, you know, um, making sure that they're equipped to, to grow, you know, um, like in my community, I'm from Southeast and they always say like, um, that it's you working with them, it's just all loose screws, you know, but I think saving DC means to give them the proper tools, you know, to, to, to be able to, um, you know, succeed in life or succeed in the city or wherever they're from. Um, hello, everyone. I feel like um, saving DC, what it looks like to me is um, us being a village, you know. I don't think that we are a whole, and I feel like nothing can ever get done if we are not a village. Um, we all speak about what we want, um, what we need, but at the end of the day, it's never all of us coming together because everybody is all pointing fingers. So saving our city to me looks like us coming together as a village to be to save our city together because that's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, good morning, everyone. I'm Tony Lewis. Um, I mean, I feel like that's an incredibly broad question. Uh, I think, but when we look at our city and who's suffering the most, um, it would be black people from here, right? Um, not just black people here, but specifically DC natives that are African American. Um, and so I would say centering that population, centering DC natives, uh, being able to eradicate poverty amongst that population. Um, and what that's going to take is uh, equitable solutions, removing all barriers, uh, policy change, um, but then to build trust um, and so that people can engage them uh, that uh, is focused on them. And I think an investment in us in that way is an investment in every other D.C. resident. Right. With a 19 billion dollar, 20 dollar, 20 billion dollar budget, um, I think it's really and I think the infrastructure to do so has been created. Right. I think there's a lot of people up here on this panel that's contributed to that. We're now at a point where now we just sort of got to uh, create a system um, whereby D.C. natives can be empowered to the point where um, we can't we won't have to have this conversation. Thank you. Um, as when I think about saving our city, I ask myself, saving our city from what? Right? And I uh, remember I read this book, As a Man Think of, and it's a key quote in it. It says, People all over the world want to change their circumstances, but are unwilling to change themselves. And I think in our community, uh, we have to figure out what we can agree upon and create an agenda, right? Because um, I think that when we don't create a collaborative or cohesive agenda, then it's fragmented and it's hard for us to accomplish the many things we want to accomplish. And as an elected official, um, we listen to a lot of people with a lot of different ambitions, goals, drives, thoughts. 
um, but it's really too many focuses on different things, but not really one whole piece, right? Um, and I think that our job is to build bridges to make it uh, equitable and give access for people to get resources. And I feel like because it's so fragmented, because there's no communication, uh, there's no central place where you can go to get information. Um, and there's no, uh, we got to create leaders in different spots. And so we can know what you know on the ground so we can help you help yourself. And I think that's a big missing piece as we talk about saving our city and what that looks like because I think that we've never fully recovered from the crack epidemic that crippled the black community here in D.C. And as a result, we just uh, pretty much trying to make it through, trying to survive. And it's really detrimental to our young people who are just going to school every day trying to fight through the violence and crime and fear are just trying to become successful and it's spitting over into various aspects of our lives. And so it's a whole deep conversation to have. So I just stop right there. Thank you. Um, I'm Kenya McDuffie. I represent Ward 5 on the Council of the District of Columbia. Saving our city, for me... ...means fundamentally changing the way that cities operate. The institutions that are supposed to provide the resources think and function. Uh, to me, saving our city means people understanding how government works and that it's there to decide who gets what, where, when, how, and how much. Uh, saving our city, for me, is not necessarily just the nostalgic aspects of bringing it back to the way it was. I'd love to see U Street be another black Broadway the way it used to be. I would love to see MLK and Good Hope Rope be, you know, a new Black Wall Street. So for me, saving our city means taking those $19.5 billion that makes up the District of Columbia's budget and aligning those resources with the people who need it most first, but also recognizing that there's some people doing okay that also need a hand up, right? And so it is looking at the way that we have operated as a city and prioritizing racial equity. Let me say it again. Prioritizing racial equity and having a racial equity agenda that gets implemented and that people hold the government accountable for. Why do I talk about racial equity? Because here's what we got to acknowledge. Despite the fact that there's a $19.5 billion budget and that the government is largely run by black people, the reality is the government that the city inherited back in 1974 when we got limited home rule it's largely been run the same way it was run when white people gave it to us, right? And so you gotta change the way that the institutions function, the way that they think, the performance standards they use to measure success to ensure that the resources get all the way to the bottom, but that they also get to the folks who are almost at the middle, who need a nudge and a hand to get to that next level. And so for me, having that racial equity agenda that defines who get what, where, when, and how much at every level of government, within every agency, and centering that, to me, is 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 how you save our city. And and when you ask that question, poet, you know, what does it mean to save our city? I really think that for for me, it depends on who you ask and which components of the city you actually want to save, and then which parts you want to just do away with. Good morning, everybody. I'm uh, Larry Calhoun. I run DC Real Time News on Twitter. Uh, my lane is public safety. Um, so from my perspective, 
um, how to reach young people that's going in, you know, the wrong directions, how to turn them around to be positive, um, how to get our community safer so we can have productive communities. Um, so saving the city that, you know, I'm come from a public safety uh, perspective. Um, like I said, how we can reach folks that's that's headed in the wrong direction. How You know, I'm using social media in a positive light. You know, anybody could be doing that, whether it's art, music, whatever have you. We could teach kids how to do that. You know, a lot of negative, um, you know, beef start on social media. So we can get them in a positive light. And I think we could turn some things around that's on the street level. Thanks all. My name is Chris Nam. I'm an artist and creative advocate. Uh, I think saving our city rests with, you know, starts with everyone in this room and the power that you all have. And also the, these lovely gentlemen right here are council members who are here for you and to serve the community. And, and everyone in this government is here to, is here to, uh, is here to serve the community. And so I do a lot of advocacy work with the music community, uh, with the artistic community and, we have something in this city that really people don't have anywhere else. You go to, you go outside of DC, you gotta, you gotta advocate to your city council member. You gotta then advocate to your county person. Then it goes up to like the state and like different agencies at every single level here at DC. There's one line. It's right to the council. That's who makes decision that the city, the mayor is in reach. We're, 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 our, we're a unique situation where if you want change, you don't have to go to three different levels to get that change. You've got one, one person to go to. You've got your council members, you've got your, your, your mayor's office, you've got different agencies and you know, social media is great, but advocacy comes in people and people are votes. So it's really about activating your network, getting you want something to do. You get people to sign on to letter, sign on to an email, get that in front of your council member because they they serve you all and they can make the change that you need. And so just understanding that and understanding how much power you have is the key is a key to, to, to doing anything you want and, and changing your city and saving your city. Thank you. For those in the audience, you've heard what the panel had to say. Do any of you have an idea of what saving the city looks like that you didn't hear? Yes. Um, I would advise in order to save the city that we need to learn more about the city and its history. Um, please read a book about Dunbar called First Class. Read a book called um, Blacks Built Georgetown and start to really realize that African-Americans not only designed but built all of Washington, D.C., so when you go to the most beautiful parts of Washington, D.C., including the landmarks, African-Americans built that. If you study Washington, D.C., and you study the Tidal Basin, African-Americans dredged that. If you study the National Mall and the Washington Monument, do you know why it's white up to a certain part and then it gets darker? It's because when it was originally quarried and built, the Civil War occurred and we had to stop building it. Then when the Civil War ended and we came back as freemen, we continued to build the rest of the Washington Monument. So that's permanently embedded as a commemorative action of our ancestors. So please don't take a victim mentality when it comes to Washington, D.C. If your ancestors built Washington, D.C., go get your inheritance. 
Thank you. I'm going to come back to you. Hold on. We had one more, and then we have a question about youth, crime, and how we plan to, well, unpack that. What's going on, DMV? How y'all doing? Oh, my bad. I'm saying uh, My name is A.C. Wells. I'm an artist from uh, Waldorf, Maryland. But uh, one thing I didn't hear, I heard it through what y'all were saying, but one thing that would definitely say the city and pretty much cultivate the whole DMV, I would say would be perspective, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm listening to each one of y'all, and y'all all had y'all, y'all own knowledge and motivation behind that. But I can't speak for nobody else, but me, you know, being a young person in the crowd, some of that information kind of went over my head, but I kind of could get the idea of what you was really trying to say. So I would say to piggyback off of what OG was saying, like, you know, when you was talking about going in to get your inheritance, you know what I'm saying? Education and perspective and, you know what I'm saying, putting workshops together for the young men out here because, you know what I'm saying, in a household, the man is the head and the woman is the neck. But I feel like for the young men out here, we, we, not, we, we really misguided out here. So I feel like we had workshops to cultivate men to grow up to be real live men. The community be a, will be a lot safer and a lot more, you know, street smart, and, you know what I'm saying, solid. As I make my way over here, for my council members on the panel, do we have programs geared, or indeed I know that you do some, what programs do we have geared towards young people with a hyper focus on our young black males? India, you want to start? Because sometimes it's just about not knowing, y'all. So, um, I can't speak for the whole body. I can only speak for the community that I work in. Um, I have a program in my community. It's the NDB Soldiers. It's actually, I work with um, all the high-risk guys in the community from like the ages 13 to maybe 24. You know, I meet with them. I mentor them. I take them on trips. I just try to show them a different light. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of them are misguided. And they don't have that household where it's a mother and a father, or sometimes they don't have neither one. And it's like, they look at me and it's like, you know, you my person. Um, I can be talking to, say if I build a relationship with you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he's jealous, he's mad at me. Cause it's like, oh, you show him more attention. So it's like, they just need so much more. They need trust, they need loyalty, they need honesty. They don't need nobody coming in there, you know, preaching to them all this politics stuff and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It never happened. I'm that person for them. I make sure whatever I say, I do. So it's really about consistency with the boys. And I'm consistent in my community. And I wish I had the resources to be consistent in every community. But I don't have that. I'm not at these tables. I'm not getting all this big funding. I get what I can get. So, you know, I understand where he's coming from. I get it. But, you know, it takes a village to do it all. And we all can't do it by ourselves. And you know what I always preach to my boys? I can't want more for you than you want for yourself. I know what I want for you. I want you to be better. I want you to do better. But if you don't want the same thing, me preaching this to you, me doing this for you, it's not making you better. Because we both got to want it. And I say this to the parents as well. Because, you know, the parents get mad at you too. Oh, I don't have this for my child. I don't have this for my child. At the end of the day, I didn't have your child. I'm there for your child. I'm doing your job, honestly. But I need you to help me help your child. 
That's all I be saying. And I'm going to keep it 100 with y'all. I'm not about to go into blah, 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 blah. I'm going to tell y'all just how I feel about it. This is what it is, and this is how I curry it. Yeah, I say um, to respond to your question, um, I was talking to um, this guy right here um, early when he came through the door. He came straight to me, introduced himself to me, and I was telling him, like, events like this is, like, very important because this is a small part of uh, the solution. You know, like, this is, this is like, um, uh, 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 everyone who have the same like mind, who everyone have the same agenda, to be here at nine o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning, like that tell me something like, okay, look, we're on the same path. You know, like nobody is, is up at nine o'clock in the morning, for real, for real. You know, so it's like if you here, you here for a purpose. So your job should be to find out what everybody's purpose is that's sitting in here. You know what I'm saying? Because they wouldn't be in here if they didn't want to learn something or if they didn't already know something, you know, because it's some things that I know that you don't know and vice versa, you know. So, like, that's what these um, events is for, you know, like even for the cameraman, the DJ, you know, you got a network because you can put together an event for the DJ. You can shoot videos with the cameraman. Back in 2000 and was it 2009, I was working with, um, you know, Fat Trail and the Slutty Boys and the cool kids, six shooters, they was one of the videographers, you know what I'm saying? So now you see them now, they on a whole different platform. They on a whole different spectrum of, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, like they, don't, they don't even need the city for real, for real. So it's like now the city need them. When they needed the city, they grinded so much. So now where the city need them. So it's like, it's the same way with these people in this, in this um, room now, you know? So it's like, if you don't network, you're not gonna get no solutions. You know what I'm saying? So your 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 goal should be figure out how you can work on short term and long term effective solutions. Not just solutions, but make sure that they're effective. And if they're not effective, I feel like that we're cheating ourselves and we're wasting our time. Thank you. I wanted to get to Councilmember McDuffie because he has a heart out. Um Indy raised a good uh question. There are a lot of people that we see on the front lines doing a lot of work and it's actually working, but can't get the funding that we know is available to push that forward. So can you speak before you dip about what opportunities are available? Um, that young man sounds like he could start a mentor program. I know about situations like um, Guns Down Fridays, but the things that I keep hearing from the folks that I run into the most are that I, for some reason I can't get the funding that the government says is available, but these are credible messages. I can call Trayon in the middle of the night and say somebody ain't got some place to sleep. Can you help me? Three phone calls later, I'm gonna probably get it. But there seems to be a missing piece because there's a woman who always opens up her house to kids in Southeast that don't have anywhere to go, but she can't get any help to build that outreach. Well, you know what? That's a great question, Paul. My, my thing is the government is supposed to work for the people, right? And it's not the opposite way around. It's the resources should be aligned with the things that people need in the community. So in terms of programs, there are a myriad of programs, right? There are a myriad of people and nonprofits that offer things. In some cases, though, they are offering things in communities without consulting with the communities first to understand what solutions they need. So I've always tried to advocate to make sure that the people understand that they're also in the solutions business. So it shouldn't be on me to thrust my values onto any community, whether it's in War 5 or someplace else, it should be be able to consult with those folks. So when India says that she's doing things with her own resources and there's not access to funding, 
there is lots of funding through a number of agencies, whether it's DOES, whether it's DPR, whether it's OSSI. Well, I mean, you pick your agency. The question is, the question is, how do you get the people who want to offer these programs in the room with the folks who have the resources to fund them? She and said, sure on a panel with y'all. Yeah. Yeah, so, I know so, that he has to leave. I guess before you, um, I excuse me for interrupting. I guess the question is, we know that there are all of these different departments and programs, but it's that access. And it's kind of like if for the longest time, the shakers and movers of policy and legislation in D.C. have made these programs. And y'all know that y'all are investing in programs that haven't gone to the community to ask the community what they need. But there are people who are in the community who are banging at your door saying, I'm doing this and it's working. Then why does what other conversation is there except for how to invite you to the White House? Andy, come sit down with me in my office and let me walk you through this program if you don't know it. I, I can tell you what I've done. Right. I've created programs to put millions of dollars behind them. OK. Literally in terms of funding. So if there's any problem that India has or anybody else in this room, come see me. Come see Silas, who works in my office. Come see somebody who knows how to get to me, because I will sit down with you and talk it through. I got to ask that question, though, Port. Have you ever applied for a program? India, have you ever applied for any programs? We, gonna, we can do this right now. Have you ever applied? Tell us your experience when you applied. Because I want to have this conversation. Hey, I work with Kenyon, so I believe you, and I know that you're putting black people on store for it, so... But I, let's walk through this program while we have two council members here. Tell me, you applied. I love Kenya and I love Trey, but I don't think that it's up to them when it comes to this funding thing because it's a lot of us that do the work that apply for the funding and we don't get it. But I always see somebody else get it that don't do nothing. It's like, oh, I'm doing it. They say they're doing it, but you don't never see them. And it's like, oh, they get first dibs because of maybe who they know. I don't know what it is. So tell me about your experience. You applied. Were you ever told why you didn't get the funding? No. Are you ever, are you told, is there, and I'm just asking, I've never with, applied with, for funding. One, um, with one um, grant I applied for, um, they said that they felt like I didn't break the budget, the budget down enough, but I broke it down to the T and it was perfect. When somebody else looked at it, it was like, whoa, I don't understand. Why wouldn't you get it? But it was okay with me because I'm not chasing no money. I'm really chasing results. I want to really help. So I don't care nothing about the money. I've been doing this. The money means nothing to me. I just feel like if I had it, I can do so much more. And the reality is, poet, she shouldn't have to chase the money. The government should be chasing her to put that program in the city. So let, let me tell you what a gap is, though. Let me tell you real quick what a gap is. And I'm, this is not abdicating any responsibility as a legislator. It's a quick lesson in civics, though. We can put money in the budget, and we put money in the budget to the tunes of millions. When you talk about violence interruption, right, the money that we put in the budget over the last several years has exponentially increase the resources for that work. And you're seeing that work happen on the ground. But when we put money in the budget, it has to be implemented by the executive, right? So, so when I fund the $4 million commercial acquisition fund that gives black and brown entrepreneurs who are renting their properties the ability to buy their commercial real estate so we can build some wealth, so they can claim what they deserve, then that program needs to be implemented by the executive. When, when India applies for a grant, whether or not Trey and I funded it through the council, we don't decide. 
Let me be clear. We do not decide who gets that grant. We can stay on those agencies, which we do, to try to make sure it gets to the people who have the, the wherewithal to really connect with the community in a way that some people can't. But at the end of the day, if y'all are having a problem, we need to know. And so this is why this form is important so that we do know, so that I can holler at any and say, hey, how can I assist to make sure that the technical assistance is there to make sure the grant is tight. So that's not an excuse not to make sure that she has a grant to be able to do the work that she's doing. She shouldn't have to chase the, the, the money from the city. The city should be chasing her to give her the money so she can do the work that she's doing. Thank you. And I want to add to that. And I think that's critical. Um, I come from the nonprofit space prior to becoming a council member. I ran a nonprofit helping inner city kids succeed. And I believe that back then we had more money and access than we do now with more money in the budget, right? Meaning we had a, back then we had probably a $9 billion budget. Now, right now we have a $19 billion budget. But the issue that I see is the barriers to entry, right? So if a lot of times, a lot of the small organizations, maybe like India's or like the young man talking about, may not have a, a, the, the capacity to buy, to pay for a grant writer. Right? Then you got these other larger foundations of nonprofit that have the grant writer. And so they may get the grant because also they have what is called matching funds. And some of these grants require you to have matching funds. So if you're a small organization that's doing the work, so uh, say if, if, a grant, if a grant is 75000 right? They require you to have matching funds to qualify to get the grant. And some of the grants are what is called cost reimbursable. I mean, you have to spend the money to get the money back. And if you're a small organization in the trenches doing real work, you don't have $150,000 to spend to get back. And then the other thing is that once you spend, the government find many reasons. Oh, this not, you can't pay for this food. Oh, you can't pay for this van. You can't pay for this travel. So you didn't spend $150,000. You didn't spend $150,000 and they only reimburse you ninety five. So now you're in jeopardy of going out of business. And so a lot of these things people don't know when it comes to uh, the, the resources. And, and, the, and the second thing is, is that um, they want you to, I think it's, it requires a lot of collaboration and it's a full time thing, like about your back office. And I, and I, find, I found that a lot of the, we used to have the organization called the Office of Out of School Time. You remember the DC Trust? So the DC Trust, for those who have been in DC long, we used to have a lot of money in DC Trust, millions. Guess what happened to that office? It closed down. We used to have uh, the Office of Partnerships and Grants, where you can go online and apply for grants, and they send you an alert to your front, to your to your phone. That office closed down, and this is on the executive side of the government. And so, when the people say, "Where's the money? How can I find it?" The reality is, the offices that were responsible for getting the resources out to the community has closed down. Now we have what the Office of Out of School Time. And you rarely ever hear about them, don't see no promotions about it, no marketing about it, so it's kind of hidden for those who are in the know. And that's a, uh, that's a uh, point to India, not be able to access the funds, most people don't know about it. So. Hi everyone, I'm uh, Blue from Resume Rehab. What I think about is like, have you ever thought about adding someone to maybe like your constituent team that could support those people? Because you all are doing, or you all have teams that are doing um, the groundwork and laying the groundwork. And if you're in Ward 8 and India's in Ward 8, have you thought about saying, hey, she's truly doing this work. Let me connect her with someone who could assist with the grant writing. Because that may not be her background. Her background is doing the legwork. And, and I think when we think about support, 
most of the people, most of the things that they need may not be there. That may not be where they're a SME. They're not a subject matter expert at writing a grant. Like I'm, I'm very educated, but when it comes to grant writing, that's not my expertise. So have you thought about maybe realizing, because clearly you recognize that she's doing great work in her community. Have you thought about saying, hey, you know what? I know Vaughn. Vaughn does this. Let me connect these two so that they can support each other. Because it does take money to make, I mean, you know, it takes money to make money, but if you don't have it and you understand, you don't have the extras, right? Cause she's a mom, but she's also doing work in the community. So we can't even imagine how much money she's paying out from herself to her family, but also to the, to other people's families. But how do we, how do we bridge that gap without having these amazing influencers who present well on social media or driving in that way, but instead of actually saying, hey, India, listen, let me connect with you here and I'm not going to charge you 100000 just to try to figure it out. It's like, I think that's where I struggle with, with like how relationships are. It's, I feel like all of these relationships with the influencers is based on money. When if you really are here to lay the groundwork, if you really care about these people, why can't can't it just be a true connection like yo let's connect let me figure this out let me help you do this so you could get to the next phase so let me piggyback on that right quick honestly that that may be some people's cases but and guess what i invested in the grant writer the same grant writer that fought out these ads and guess what fought out these strengthening collaborative they get great grants so i have a great grant writer so me not getting the grant it's not based on the grant writer it's based on other things that not you know for me so that's what I'm saying. Like, I have done the things I need to do to get there. I have a question. What are the ANCs for if not for that? I'm, I don't know. So here we go. It's all these people that kind of, Tony, I'm coming No, nah, I just don't. I think I don't want us to get in the rabbit hole, right? I'm not saying this, but, but also we can't oversimplify. Right, I think we we assuming a lot, right? Like that if you do X, Y, and Z, that means you ought to, and maybe that should be the case, right? But the what the council members are sharing is that it's not in their wheelhouse to determine who gets the grant. What India is saying is things that we saying might be the reason she didn't get the grant. She's telling you that that's not the issue, right? So what I'm saying is, in like in a lot of things we see in this city and across the country, right? Sometimes it's who you know. Sometimes it's a capacity issue. Sometimes people feel like if you ask it for a certain amount of money, that your organization is not big enough enough to receive that kind of grant there's been workarounds where people have been subcontracted right so a bigger organization to get the grant but then ask to subcontract to smaller organizations so that the uh, compliance stuff can be addressed right um and so my, my point of bringing that up is we we gotta do and, and a lot of these grants that these two men have pushed so hard for right um we also are developing in the process of like some of this stuff wasn't hasn't existed here in the city for 10 years and now it is is there so we also figuring it out as we go as well right so i think conversations like this is important so that we can get a framework by which we say you know what that ain't cool how the hell in india should get any grant she want as to what these two brothers just said right so how do we make that happen other organizations or people that are starting out that might have much more say so and trust in the community but they don't have an organization yet or they just starting an organization so we can't just keep going with the people that got the quote-unquote past performance if that past performance ain't making this community which was safer. my question because i'm right. like I'm, yeah but so my answer to that though is saying that and i'm not this ain't, ain't i'm not making an excuse 
but I'm also saying that, that some of this stuff is a little more complex than what we're saying but more importantly that the answers are right here we coming up with them and now we can take that to the powers that be to, to, to demand that moving forward that we don't continue to have these issues but to assume that people got the answers and that's what like to your opening monologue and some of the conversations that I heard happen listen the answers is within, we, 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 we back like government know it all they don't and as an advocate, as an activist, you know what I mean? I can speak to that, that y'all, the voice, we got to get into the habit of you, you're, you're not voiceless. You got to get in the habit of creating solutions and presenting them to government and saying, this is what we want to see. That's the move, right? We can't keep sitting back. They, the people in power sometimes don't know. We blessed in a situation that we've been able to, 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 to send individuals like the two gentlemen to my right down to the Wilson building but the reality of it is the, the, like the two gentlemen to my right that shit don't exist it had, hadn't it exist prior to them what, what I mean is people from this space from these communities literally that are now on that dais that's, but that's still a new thing 10 years for him 6 years for him hopefully the next the people that's gonna go on that diet next is in this room or in our communities and we gotta feel like we can do that to assume that people that's not from this thing just because of their position will know how they, they feel like oh I, I voted for that we got money in that budget now this agency is responsible who's that agency may be ran from by somebody that's not from the community and they saying well we put the RFP out there and then you got a person that's the, that's doing the evaluation that's saying oh well this organization we feel safer giving the money to them just because they've been around longer than this organization that has no on paper past performance because I don't come from a community where they shooting and robbing so I don't know who's it Effective. So it's not malicious is what I'm saying. We got to get people in space from, from the positions they hold to end these agencies, to, to end within the, the line staff of these agencies that understand us from these communities. And from my perspective, that's how we're going to get the results that we want. And that's what I hope we working towards. We are not powerless, though. I just so, want to say that we are not I don't think, powerless. I don't think anybody feels like they're. Let me speak for me. I don't feel like I'm powerless. I just feel like I've watched the same thing over and over again. I don't think it's wrong for a community to say if when you were running for office, you promised me A, B, C, and D that I'm holding you accountable. And as somebody that sometimes goes through the people will call me about not being able to get something and then I'll go through the process. And even with the people that I know, some of the hangups, just what Treyon just explained made no logical sense that I have a grant for an emerging organization but you got to match my funds but I know you're an emerging organization that ain't gonna have the funds it's almost like you don't really want me to have that money anyway so well, Paul, you and, got and, a part of the citizenry right this other thing though just and I, I hate that I hate the fact that reimbursement we broke we trying to help our community how the hell I'm gonna reimburse how I'm gonna put something up front I gotta go get a, a credit line or whatever it's called but look you got another part though right this is another thing that, that as an advocate that I've been able to like not saying I, I, I I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not I, I've learned I've grown to be like like stop looking at things from like what's right and wrong and just trying to build from what it is and so you got a whole other part of the citizenry right in this city right because y'all got to think about this and this is what I had to wake up one day and say damn Tom we talking about us right when we say us right we talking about native Washington we say that we might be 15% of the overall population 
And so you got the other 85% saying, no, nah, we can't just, we got to have some, 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 some checks and balances in our tax money and how that money is being dispersed to these native black people. Like for real, because really, that's what, that's really what the thing. So, so we'll say, okay, what can we build in to ensure that it's some accountability? What can we, when, when one, he mentioned the trust, when, when in the past we had one, you know, when it kind of black people, this what happened. All we need is one mess up, somebody misappropriate something. Now they put all these checks and balances that has negative impacts on people moving forward. It's a reason why these things are the way that they are, right? I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just getting a better understanding so I don't be going off. I have I had to learn to say, oh, that's why it is like that. But now, how do we strategize? Trayon mentioned, when we're talking about formulating a, a, what we could call like a shared consciousness for us, an agenda, right, that we all pushing towards so that we can point out why this is, to your point, poet, why this is literally, this process literally marginalized. Do you even really want to do this? Well, here are our solutions, though. This is why we have to change this. But it's like this room like this, but when they have a hearing about this, we yeah. need that room to yeah. look speak, like this. Speak and on that. Oh, I was getting here, but they was giving me to wrap it up like Dave Chappelle because I told them they didn't give us enough time for this panel right here. We were supposed to be two hours, but I did want to get into that part. We started the conversation with accountability and responsibility to your point, Tony. So there's the other part. You want to speak to it? Or? I just want to be able to say real quick, you asked a question and we kind of moved along. You said you talked about ANCs. Yes. Show of hands. Who knows what an ANC is? Can you yeah, break it Exactly. Down? Who knows what an advisory neighborhood commissioner is? Okay. Are there any ANCs in the house today? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. Guess what? This ain't their government. This is y'all's government. I don't represent myself. I'm a vessel for what y'all want to see. So when I took over the chair of the Judiciary Committee in 2015 and we saw the uptick in violence, the very first meeting I had in January 2015 was with these brothers and not the guy right there in the red. We sat in Busboys and Poets with Ron Moat and some other folks and said, how are we going to fix this problem? Right? I went to the folks who not only are like scholars and, and theoretical with it, I went to the folks who came through it. Right? We carry this trauma with us. When I do the work, I might do it slightly differently than some of my colleagues. Why? Because I lived it in this city in the 1980s and the 1990s. So when we talk about ANCs and we talk about what y'all want to see and they, they ain't doing what they're supposed to do, well, guess what? Vote people out of office. Don't just show up in one conference. Come back. Get involved. Testify when we have hearings on these bills. Right? Let's talk about that. So the accountability... And I'm going to just be real with it. The accountability goes both ways. I'm only here because people elected me in this office. And I only stay so long as y'all keep electing me. But you can't walk past the polls and not go in and cast your ballot. Right? You can't just rail against the machine and don't do anything to change it. I started off this conversation saying that the system is the same system as always been. And it will continue to be the same system unless what? Unless y'all decide y'all want to see something different. Right. Elected officials only get to office when they're elected. And it's on y'all to hold us accountable. Right. Y'all can be ANCs. My brother just got elected to ANC in his neighborhood in Riggs Park. Right. First one of my family get elected to ANC. Right. It is not something that is out of reach. Understand that. This is your The $19.5 billion is not ours. It's y'all's. You get to tell us how we spend that money. But if you don't show up and tell us, then guess what? Somebody else will. And they do it every single year. And they got an agenda. And sometimes it might not align with yours. 
So figure out how to get involved and don't just do it once a year at a conference. Stay engaged. Do your craft and hone your craft, but also hold us accountable. And if folks ain't getting elected for it, then change the system and put some other people in office. I just got a quick question. It's for you, Tony. Yeah. I know, like, because y'all was just talking about, like, representing the youth and stuff like that. So when you speak on representing the youth, like, well, I ain't really got a question. I kind of got a statement and opinion, but if you start your conversation off with let's not get in the rabbit hole, me as a youth, I don't trust you. Because why can't I know what you're doing if I elected you to if I elected you to be my voice, not be my voice, but represent me on a high stool, I don't understand why I can't know what's going on. Because on your campaign post, it said anything I do far as far as your representing you, you should know. Like, I'd be confused. Like, how many people in here, like 20 year old, like a youth, like if you could say to yourself, a youth, raise your hand. Like, honestly, though, like we got programs like I work in a, a nonprofit, but I ask the question all the time, like, Y'all be so, like, y'all always saying, like, y'all trying to end violence, but y'all don't give us no jobs. Y'all got me in here. I told y'all, my man just said he could do the same job, but y'all going to Alabama University to get somebody that don't know this work. You hear me? Like, you going to Alabama University to get him, but he ain't from down here, so he don't know these streets, and he don't have no relationships. That's the problem. They grab people that don't understand our struggle, our background. And when we talk about the youth, I always say this, and, the, and one of my favorite people, and if she ever see any of these cameras, cause I'm right here, Dion, that's one of my favorite people like on earth right now. Like, I always tell her, if you give us these nine to five jobs, you won't be funding so many funerals. And that's law. If you give us the, cause I'm gonna be, I be tired when I get over work, and I be geeking to go outside. I be tired, like, because I, and then I get mad all the time when I go in the office, not bashing any old people in here, not bashing at all. But I get mad when I go in there and I see people just like lollygagging and don't, y'all ain't here to do something. And then they get mad when I wonder, like when I just sit down and don't want to do nothing. Cause y'all not really representing us the way we supposed to. Like you got people like my cousin Trey, my mother India, and you got Vaughn, I never even knew nothing about Vaughn. But you know what I mean? People in my community will really relate to Vaughn. Just cause we know he law, like he come off law. We ain't gonna go like, Tony, I'm not bashing. Now you just say I'm just saying. No, like, that's fine. Like no, literally, like. But I was, when I said rabbit hole, I promise I wasn't. I wasn't talking about it that way. But no, I'm I, saying it come so off like that I'm to sorry. me as a young yeah. as a young person. Like I got you. We don't understand why we can't why we can't know what we ask. Like we we truly we lost. So the longer y'all keep us lost, the angrier we get. And when we go outside, we gonna take it out on somebody because we don't see you. We don't see you. We don't act like people. It was uh, a meet a staff meeting. Somebody said they was a liaison in my community. I said, where you been at? I never seen you. And she felt some type of way. Yeah, because I put you on the spot in front of your boss. Like, I really want to know where you been at. Only person I see in my community ripping and running is my mother. That's it. When, when shots get fired, call India. Call Trey. All right, who else y'all going to call? What happened to all these programs that say they funded my community? Playground still got parking lot stuff. Like, the, the playground is a parking lot. Why is it a parking lot? Like he said, we got all this money. Where is it being used at? That's all I had to say. I want to thank our illustrious panel. I want to thank Bird and the Mate and the DMZ folks for having us. I feel like we need to schedule a part two. Y'all feel like we need a part two so we can continue this conversation? Because we only hit the tip of the iceberg. I know it's not an easy conversation to have. Thank you for everybody that asked the question because 
to Kenyon's point, if they don't know, then they don't know. And Tony, I was in no way trying to say that nothing. I wasn't trying to say nothing, but I appreciate you being here. And I just feel like a lot of times the questions that we want to ask that we just don't because we afraid. I lived on Savannah. We was asking for a speed bump something because they were running a stop sign. I think we got everything but. They painted a fence. Somebody bought some trees. They put up a bike lane. What did we not get? A speed bump in front of the stop sign. So it, it's those kind of things. And I think um, to your point, I think people are just sick and tired of being sick and tired. We hear their resources and we got you. Then we reach out, there are no resources and you ain't really got me. So I'm thinking maybe there is a conversation to be had about true credible messengers and what that looks like. And is there a space on the council or somewhere where there is a group of organizers from, like natives from DC that represent the communities that all these programs are for? who at the table can say, well, no, that don't make sense because half these people can't, they may not have the transportation to get there. So we have to add a transportation point to it. We have, oh, my folks are coming home. They have to come home to a Metro car with $150 on it so they can travel. They need to come home to this, that, and the third. How do we find that connect? And I'm happy to sit down with everybody on this panel and see what those next steps look like as a media person. If you have something, I always ask for people to reach out, but a lot of times I don't get the information till the day of, sometimes not at all. I don't trust social because of the algorithms. I ain't gonna never get it if it's important for black people. Now you post something heinous, I'ma probably see that four times in one hour. And then as we wrap it, I would like for you to give homework to our audience. What are the three things that we can do as residents of DC? What are three things that I can do this week to plant a seed of change in the community in which I am a part of? And that's for all of us, because I don't just hold y'all accountable. Y'all in office, but I feel like it's a midterm election season. It's been crickets about who you about to put in places and spaces that you complaining about right now, period. And if y'all didn't know, midterm elections happen in November. And those are the people that are your mayors and your boards of this, your judges, June, June and then November, excuse me. Um, so if you feel like something not happening in your community, you should really be looking at who running and where. And why? And what they done done sitting in that seat before? Because you just can't be mad. Yeah, go vote, y'all. You can stand in the Jordan line. You can stand in all type of lines. Ooh. So if you see them long lines, stand in because you're going to make a change. Well, I lived in a part of town where one day I got mail, three weeks I didn't. And then some mail came later on. So I don't trust the mail. I want, my, I want to walk up and get to my ballot. Thanks. And that is an option for you as well. <laughs> but... So I, I say three things. I know one is really find out who your ANC is. Your ANC is is who gives like these outside organizations approval to even stop building. Even though they 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 not nobody is a free position, but they have say so. So if they don't allow you to, so for instance, I had um, a group that wanted to do murals around my city, and they was going to give the youth the money they self. Our ANC said no, and we like. But it was something that she had against me because somebody that she knew, you know what I'm saying, which was understood. But it's just like get to know who your ANC is. And I it's say, a vote, yeah, it's, it's a vote. So it's like you have to get to know who your ANC is, who running and vote for your ANC. Like that's like the entry to your community. Like, like, like they supposed to have your best interest, your community, your best interest, whatever the case is. But I say three things. I say um, surround yourself with like minded people, you know, um, change the algorithm like. 
the reason why that stuff is popping up on your Instagram is because that's what you're searching on your phone. Like we talking right now, we talking about credit. When you leave out this door, credit is gonna pop up on your phone. So it's like change the algorithm. Like start looking at positive stuff. Start following positive people and whatever lane you're in. Follow that follow that person Study that person Read about that person Ask questions You know the questions to ask is Okay so where should I be at right now The questions to ask the McDuffie and Treyon So 10 years from now Like what should my focus be on You know what I'm saying So now you're already on that page And you change the way you think And receive information So when you go back around your way And you find them out Okay who is my ANCs Now you thinking Like damn who is my ANC So now you change the way people You, you know what I'm saying People think and receive information Around your way You know and, 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 and that's how it works you know so if you don't change your algorithm not just on social media but in real life then you will stay, stay on that that the hamster wheel and you're gonna keep getting the same thing you will keep getting real-time news on your on your media because you keep looking up murders you keep looking up what what violence and what these rappers talking about so that's why dracos keep popping up on your phone because you keep talking about dracos and guns so you you programming yourself that's why it's social media Every, everything you look at on youtube is programming so now you got to um um, like pretty much like reprogram yourself, you know what I'm saying? So like that's what I did when I when I wanted to change my life. I wasn't always like this. Like Trey tell you, I, I, I was working with Trey on when Trey on had his nonprofit on third party marching at East of the River. That was the fiscal, um, the lead entity, you know what I'm saying? But it's people like that that don't get the money to the people. Like we had a problem with the paperwork, you know what I'm saying? Like even when we was younger, you know what I'm saying? But it's like you can't you can't say that you want to be a millionaire you don't have millionaire habits. So so if so if you want to do that you have to change your habits you know what I'm saying you have to have high quality habits for high quality goals so, th so one of the things that I did was I created a vision board for myself and I was able to see what I wanted to do this year so now this is the fourth month of the, of the year and I'm already 85% complete that's because I had to change my habits too you know so I, I had to change who I'm, who I'm gonna be around, how I wake up, what I do when I wake up. I had to map out, okay, I know that this right here, if I had to wash my clothes, I'm not gonna wait to the end of the month to do it. I know this is gonna take me 20 minutes, so let me take my first 20 minutes to, all right, let me wrap it up, all right? Nah, <laughs> nah, as much as I want everybody to continue, we are really pushing dangerous levels to this panel. Well, I hope we sign everybody and then we gotta go. It, 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 is, it is imperative that we end this. I do appreciate everybody. I cannot go on anymore. I'm pushing two hours behind. Thank you. Network, meet somebody in the audience. Introduce yourself to somebody. I want to thank everybody. I chose the right people for it.